0: Welcome to the Building Healthy Organizations podcast. We understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. I'm glad you joined us today for our continued journey to understand how to build a healthy organization. So welcome to part three of our series, Recession Proofing Your Organization. In the first two parts, we explored the importance of having an opportunity mindset versus a problem or a challenge mindset. Sure, there's going to be problems. There's going to be challenges. But if we can stay focused on the opportunities and deal with the challenges as they come along, we're going to end up in a better place. And we also looked at how people are your greatest asset and your greatest resource, no matter what comes next, whether it's recession or just business as usual. And then we also started to get into the assessment side of things and talk about how do we assess current reality where we are today with the idea that we're doing those assessments to give us clear insight into the best possible path forward. And that's where I want to take today's episode. Now it's time to focus on making our best decisions and preparing or equipping people. That includes yourself, people around you, teams, and the entire organization. And you may be listening to this And you're not the leader of a team. You're not a C-suite individual in an organization. You may be a stay-at-home parent. You may be somebody who's an entrepreneur. You may be somebody who just does contract work. It doesn't really matter who you are. These applications we'll talk about will work for you just as well as they'll work for people in an organization, people in even a nonprofit. These are all truths that are across-the-board truths. They'll work for anybody in any situation. So let's start to take that data that we came up with in our assessments and let's start to put that data to use. How can we bring the most value... In preparing for whatever comes next out of that information that data that we gathered as we did different types of assessments and if you missed that episode I highly encourage you to go back and pick it up it's recession proofing your organization part two where we really dove deep into different types of assessments and how to use those many of those are freely accessible to you. Here's why we take that approach, why we do the assessments, why we get our mindset in the right place, because we want to have certain outcomes. We want to turn our focus now to getting those outcomes, making good decisions on what's important and what is urgent. What are those things that are really important and priorities for us to do right now what will move the needle the most the second thing here deciding on the best path forward in each area that we're looking at and then creating the unique success pathway that is right for you it's right for your people and we'll talk more about success pathways here in a minute I've shared in the past about decision-making, as a matter of fact, fairly recently, I've shared about decision-making and what is that decision-making process in our brains. It's really important to understand that and how our brains work so that we can make our best decisions and I want to go back and pull a little bit out of what we've talked about in the past around the decision-making process. When you think of decision-making, it's a function of what's going on in our brain. When a thought comes into our brain, we immediately attach meaning to that thought. From both of those, from thoughts and the meaning we attach to them, emotions are generated that then drive our decision-making process. Here's where this gets tricky. When we attach meaning to a thought. There are a lot of different things that can happen. We can have personal bias that can generate emotions that are not really helpful in our decision making process. Or our brain may miscategorize or attach a wrong meaning to something, which again leads to decisions that are less than our best. Or Our brains like to fill in the blanks. What does that mean? It means that our brain tends to make up a story where there's a gap in factual information. That can create some issues. Or we may have emotions that are triggered. They're just embedded triggers inside of us, and those get triggered, which then cause us to make decisions out of a reaction instead of a more thoughtful mode, a more responsive mode. Or here's another one. Our brain has an automatic defense mode, which is triggered anytime we feel threatened, which could very well happen in a situation where you're thinking about a downturn in the economy or something that's going on that, that brings a threat. And then we kick into that fight, flight, or freeze mode. Bottom line, those are not the best responses in our modern world today when it comes to making good decisions about people, about our businesses, our organizations, our nonprofits, even our own lives. Fight, flight, freeze is really best when we're in situations that are more survival-related situations, and that's not the normal day-to-day anymore. So you can see that decision-making has a lot of things that are going on, a lot of different moving parts. How are you dealing with the emotional drivers that are embedded in your decision-making? Are you aware of them? Do you recognize your own patterns? Do you know what that's going to do to your decision-making process? Have you found a way to navigate those so you can make better decisions? if you're struggling with these, they can create a real drain on your time, your focus, and your energy. So why am I sharing this information with you again? Well, number one, I think it's really important to understand that process in our brains. How do we make good decisions? Because decisions are a huge part of planning and trying to prepare for an uncertain future and bottom line every future is uncertain I and mean, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day or next week or next month so it becomes very important that we understand how to make our best decisions so that we can make our best plans and then just realize we need to be agile and flexible as things change and our world is changing on a regular basis. I think we can all agree to that. When we start to make decisions that lead to plans, that lead to spending money or using up resources, we need to make our best decisions because there's a lot at stake. The better we understand how we make decisions and what our pitfalls might be individually, the better decisions we're going to make overall. So having identified the areas in yourself, your team, your organization that you want to change or impact or improve, we can now start to put those into action, turn that data into action. If you haven't done that yet, Go ahead and jump on our website, eqfit.org, and if you go to our services page, you'll get a pop-up that allows you to take that free assessment and get your results. And I actually look at every one of those assessments and give you some feedback on the ratings that you gave the different areas. I put some time into that. It's not canned responses. It is me actually reviewing what your ratings for the different areas are and giving you some ideas and suggestions and recommendations around those things. So deciding on the best path forward is what we call creating a success pathway. A success pathway is unique to the individual, to the team, to the organization. I have created a Success Pathway Toolkit to help with planning and implementing this for individuals, for teams, and of course for organizations. I'm going to use the Team Success Pathway Tool as an example today. I've taken the word success and used it as an acronym. The first part of a Success Pathway is self-awareness now that could be team awareness it could be organizational awareness it's a concept of being aware of the following things the team must be made aware of their role their expectations the impact it has on others and the resources that are available to them the u stands for understand the team needs to understand acceptable behavior and performance what is the specific behavior and performance that, that is appropriate for that team? The next letter is a C, which is competencies. What competency is needed for that team or competencies for that team to be successful? And we need to be specific about what those are. The reason that you have teams is most likely because you have complementary strengths and experience and expertise that different team members bring to the team. If everybody on the team looks exactly the same, I'm not sure that's a team. It's just a lot of people that are exactly the same. And, and that doesn't provide the opportunity for complementary strengths and experience and expertise. So competencies, there's a focus on competencies in our success pathway. And then consequences. People need to be aware when we do things right and when we accomplish what we want to, there are some good things that happen. And on the other side of that coin, if things don't go well, if we don't perform well, Then there are some unfortunate things that probably happen. And consequences is one of the pieces that is left out the most when we think about success in individuals, teams, and organizations. That needs to be spelled out clearly. And it's not just a negative thing. Most people think of consequences as a negative thing, but that's not true. There are rewards, there are reprimands. There are both sides of that coin. Then the E is expectations. What are the expectations? What are the goals? What are the KPIs? What do we need to achieve as a team? And delineating that very, very clearly. The next is the first S at the end of the word success is schedule. We need to schedule regular time to get together as a team to coach the team and individual team members and to provide the resources that are necessary, ask the right questions, answer questions that are asked of us, that we need to schedule that time to do that because doing it just as it happens generally ends up as, "Uh uh-oh, we have a problem, now we have to fix it. And then all kinds of things can cascade out of that, that are not desirable the last s in the word success stands for supervise how are we going to supervise the team the team performance what does that look like are there specific measures in place are there things that we can do and again all of this could be applied to an individual it could be applied to yourself You might decide to create a success pathway for yourself in anything that you want to do in life. All of these elements apply in the same way that they do in business or nonprofits or to individuals, teams, and organizations. So how are you going to ensure that the individual, the team, the organization achieves its goals? How will you supervise that process? So this is just one of the proprietary tools that we've created to help our clients, to help other people, to help the participants on our online courses, and it has been a very effective tool. We've got a lot of very positive feedback. One of the most difficult things to do is to create success pathways for people. We know what a machine is supposed to do. We know a manufacturing process and we can easily set numbers and expectations around that. But how do you do that for your people? How do you do something that is really, truly measurable, actionable, and we can track progress? Well, this is how you do it. You make it super, super clear on what the expectations are and everything surrounding that. So people can be successful. People want to have visibility into how they can be successful, how they're progressing on that success pathway, and they want to celebrate it when they reach a successful conclusion of some kind. These tools, this focus helps us now to understand How do we prepare or equip ourselves and our teams and our organizations for what comes next? One of the most important decisions you will make is how much to invest in yourself and in your people. No matter your role, no matter what you do, that's a critical decision. And I'm not talking about throwing some dollars at training or holding some after-work socials. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm looking specifically at a well-designed plan to do the following four things. Number one, engage people in the changes or improvements that will make a difference, that will make a positive difference. Number two, align people around the right success pathway, the plan for moving forward and achieving success. Number three, equipping everyone so they have the tools, the skills, and the resources they need. Number four, sustaining that success through an intentional and ongoing review and refinement process. Those four steps are part of a very successful change process developed by a very good friend of mine, Larry Solomon, who has written a book, TMA, Translate, Motivate, Activate. Uh, Larry was the Chief People Officer at Dr. Pepper Snapple and created this change process that took them to the top of the profitability charts in their industry for year after year after year. We have gotten together and worked on a project or two together and we are looking forward to doing more of these large change projects for people who are really interested in making the changes needed in their organization. This leads us A very important part of our focus for today. If we expect to get more out of people without investing in them, it's kind of like expecting to see your bank account grow without making deposits. The more that we can invest in equipping ourselves and our people the more return on that investment we're going to see. How we invest is going to make the difference in how much impact we get out of that. What do I mean by that? Here are five questions I ask myself or I ask other people when they're thinking about investing in their people. Number one, is the individual willing to fully engage in the equipping process? If you're going to invest in yourself or someone else, is that person willing to fully engage in doing the work necessary to grow and develop and become better equipped? Number two, what new skills will this effort develop in that individual? Number three, How will the equipping enhance performance, competencies, or capacity? Number four, is the equipping in alignment with team and organizational goals? Or if it's you as an individual, is it in alignment with your life goals? Does it make sense? Does it align with who you are and where you want to go? And number five, what actual value will the equipping bring, and in what time frame? I think it's important to look at those five questions when we're thinking about investing in people. And I'm not saying don't invest in people if you don't get good answers to those questions. What I'm saying is find a better equipping process, find better tools, find better training, find better developmental processes for yourself or for these people. Now, This may seem like a lot to take in, and it probably is. However, if you're willing to invest some time and energy to go through this process and make these decisions, assess what needs to be assessed, and create plans, success pathways that will get you where you want to go, it's well worth the time and energy you invest in that. Here is something to consider. People are the most impactful asset any organization has. Usually what happens is when there's a downturn in the economy or recession sets in, the first thing to go is investing in people. Well, that's a problem because... Those are the people that are going to make the difference between thriving and just barely surviving. There is a direct correlation between how much you invest in people and how successful yourself, your team, your organization will be. Equipping your people should be the last thing to be considered cutting because They are the ones that are going to carry the load. They are the ones that will collaborate, solve problems, serve customers. They will be the ones that innovate and they'll be the ones that support each other and support you as you move forward, no matter what comes next. So as you prepare for what comes next, remember you're not alone There are good ideas all around you. Engage and invest yourself and your people in a process that equips you to move forward, to create that success pathway. Become the resilient and the agile team that is ready to take advantage of opportunities no matter what comes next. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Building Healthy Organizations by EQFIT. We do understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior and performance in the workplace. We also love hearing your suggestions and ideas. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please send us an email at info at gscfit.com. For more information and inspiration, check us out on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and of course our website, eqfit.org.